and welcome back, Man's Search for Muscle. This episode, I'm not quite sure what it's going to be titled yet, but it's going to be an interesting one. This past week, I've actually been on a course. Well, I've been... That's been taking up the majority of my working hours, I'll say. It's a training course to help, you know, teach us how to be one-on-one instructors slash guides, slash mentors. Mind you, it's only a one-week course, but, you know, there was definitely some value there, and it was good. The other thing that's been occupying my work week is something that's, uh, it's involved in my position I have in the union, so I'm a local representative and deal with some of the ongoings here, so that means I have to deal with management quite a bit. It's a fairly new position for me. And just briefly here, I'll get into more details in a moment, but basically there was one thing that I was really having to almost fight management on. And it it, it was really difficult for me to deal with in certain ways. Again, I'll get more into detail in a moment, but I, I found myself extremely discouraged and I heard a quote, well it wasn't really a quote because quote sounds kind of pretentious like they were trying to say it for the sake of being a quote it was just something that uh, Jordan Peterson said kind of off the cuff, he said it's not easy to be good and expanding upon his idea, he said you know, it takes a great deal of courage because you're going to be up against difficult forces And I found that encouraging, and then I went on to listen to a book that I have, uh, an audio book I have called On Combat. Uh, I think David Gross is the author, and he, he talks a lot about things that soldiers have to go through. And it, it's a magnificent book. He talks about the how difficult it is for soldiers to be face-to-face with having to kill somebody. And this book expanded upon that idea. I couldn't tell you what drew me to return to this book, because it's one that I've started and stopped many times. But every time I read it, I I find some value in it, that's for sure. But I, I can't tell you specifically, except that I was just maybe realizing that I was facing confrontation in this way and that I was feeling horrible about it. Now, in his book on combat, he he basically breaks three people up into... Or he breaks people up into three categories. There's sheep, who... And that's not to be... Der- that's not uh, meant to be like a, a derogatory term. It's meant to mean everyday citizens, people who are functional members of society. You know, they they do what they're best at. They thrive. They serve a purpose in society. They they help the community out. They're good people. It's not meant as uh, I, I want to say it was. Bush who said this, but I don't know, the, the idea of sheep, you know, being blind followers, that's not what's intended by this. It just means, uh, I guess you could say the worker bees, the helpful, regular members of society. 
And this is a good aspiration. Then there's the wolves, and those are the predators, the one who's, ones who prey upon. Now, keep in mind, this is just meant to be a broad analogy, right? It's not to say that wolves are evil, because you could argue, of course, wolves are uh, very similar to sheep in, in certain ways. But anyway, the wolves are the predators. They're the ones who prey upon the sheep. Now, it's not often you'll get a wolf preying upon another, another wolf, but it happens from time to time. But for general purposes, the wolves are, are the enemy, the ones who want to hurt the sheep. And then there's the sheepdog. Now, he's more of the protector. He protects the sheep from the wolves. And this is where he views soldiers. And it's in, in order to be this sheepdog, it requires a certain skill set. Certainly not all of them are intuitive, and, and probably I'd say most of them aren't. So, one of the things he mentioned that I think really helped me in this time was he said that sheepdogs, they don't like fighting, they don't like confrontation, so it's okay to not feel good about it and to not seek it. It's good. If you don't feel a little bit bad about it, then you're probably entering into the realm of being a wolf or a sociopath. So this I found very encouraging because I was feeling so horrible after these uncomfortable interactions with the management. So just to elaborate a little bit on that so that hopefully this whole thing makes a little bit of sense. Basically, I, I work for a national company in Canada and our group is, it's a relatively small group. Now, I am the union representative for my own group, of course, and in another group in the building. Uh, I live in the Moncton area. Now, one thing that my group has been, has had the benefit of is a com compressed work week where we'll, you know, every, every couple weeks we earn an extra day off. Now, uh, this has been fine and good for, for years and years and years. And, uh, the, the management has decided, well, we don't want you to have them anymore. Uh, their, their reasonings are, I mean, let's be fair here. They're, they're not unjustified. I mean, they're saying that, you know, there's certain hours that we need people there. And if you are here beyond the, we, we need people here, um, to do the job that you guys do. And if you're, you know, coming in before that or staying after that in order to do extra hours to make up your compressed work week, there's not a lot of benefit to the company in that. And that's a perfectly fair position. Um, that's the, their 
position, the management's position, and and the workers' position is, well, because we're a, a national company, we fall under the regulations of the National Labor Board, which says that as long as it's not a detriment to the company, then we can have a flexible work week. And that's sort of what we've been doing is is working slightly different hours because there's no financial uh, loss or operational loss to the company for us to do this. Uh, so that's sort of been the workers' position. Um, so it's been it's been a little bit of a an area of tension. Every time you you work, you know, you're talking about people's schedules. It it affects their lives. So obviously, it's a touch touchy subject um now both sides are saying you know we think there's a somewhere that we can get to to make both sides happy you know it's not a zero-sum game here um however the management uh this past week decided that what they're gonna do is and i don't know what they were thinking but they said nope um, what we're going to do, instead of giving you the, the opportunity to, you know, present a case and and uh, change our minds on this, what we're going to do is we're going to just stop them immediately. So as of, you know, the end of this week, you're you're cut off from doing these compressed weeks. And then they came to me, Mr. Union Guy, and said and asked or when I say they, I mean my direct manager, and asked how she recommend I approach, that she recommended how I would uh, recommend that she approaches the team with this to tell them that they're cut off without doing, while doing as little damage as possible. Um, you know, I, so now this manager it should be stated up front, is dating her boss's boss. So she is in a relationship with the building's general manager. Which makes this even more complicated because my interactions with her always have that kind of undercurrent of uh, this this sort of threat of, of higher power. Now, after she went ahead and told everybody, understandably, the, the team was not happy. And it was more so about the way they were doing it, about the way they said, we're cutting you off, no questions, we're not going to listen to what you have to say, we've made this decision, and that's that, you deal with it. So you can imagine the team wasn't happy. So I, I had a follow-up meeting with this uh, this lady, the, the manager who's, like I said, dating her boss's boss and her direct boss. Uh, I, and also in the meeting was, uh, was the supervisor of, of the team that I'm in, the group I'm in. Um, and essentially I was telling them that, that, you know, uh, the team wasn't happy about this and it wasn't so much about your decision, but it was more about the way you handled it. You know, um, to his credit, the uh, the my boss's boss said, "Well, we expected this," and you know, so my follow up, of course, was, 
well, have you got a plan in place to help um, mend the relationships that this will hurt? And, and I said, like, you have to be aware. I, this is all about productivity. And generally speaking, when workers are unhappy and disgruntled and not engaged, they don't tend to be as productive. Now, my manager turned around and said and accused me of making a threat by this. Now, I, I knew what she was doing. I knew she was trying to make me look bad in front of her boss. That's the kind of thing she does. And like I say, because she's dating his boss, there's normally speaking, she thinks she can get away with whatever she wants. Now, of course, I was not having this because I knew what she was doing. And I basically lectured her like she was a little kid and told her, you know, I know what you're doing. Don't sit here and accuse me of things that I'm not doing and that you know I'm not doing. Uh, so the conversation, needless to say, got a little bit heated at times. Nothing, um, nothing terribly bad was said. Um, but just, just it was an uncomfortable uncom uh, conversation that would probably fall into the category of um, contentious. And because of this, and because of because I was feeling that here's my manager that I don't trust. Now, keep in mind, uh, one thing I, I failed to mention is that this manager I've had issues with in the past and regarding this and other issues and to the extent where I've had to go to HR and go to her boss and bring them up, things like her competence. She's, you'll have to tell her things four or five times and I don't know why, but either she's not listening or not paying attention. This is a common theme with her. Um, and, and she becomes very, very defensive if she's ever questioned. So in, in the meeting I, I alluded to previously, where, where she initially brought this up and was asking how to approach the team, when she, she had addressed this and said, you know, if you've got problems, some kind of problem with me, then I want you to come to me. I don't want you to always feel that you need to go to HR or my boss. And I, I kept my thoughts to myself when she said that, but I was thinking, well, but every time I've done that, you've become extraordinarily defensive. And this defensiveness came out in the second meeting and just reiterated why I can't go to her. And not only that, the fact that she was accusing me of things that I wasn't even doing. Now, I don't know. I obviously don't know for sure that she was trying to throw me under the bus in front of her boss. It seems like the kind of things she would do because she tends to be petty. But perhaps it was just that her interpretation of what I was saying was so far skewed from reality that she truly believed that. Either way, it's the, the communication barrier between us is so extreme that there's no way in hell I would want to be in the same room with her without someone else. So that's what I expressed to uh, her boss. And um, now, um, her boyfriend, the uh, the manager, the building manager, is getting involved in the situation, 
So it's escalating, it seems, and quite uncomfortably. Uh, so I, I apologize for being vague because none of this is none of this is being said to with the intention of of smearing anybody, and that's why I'm not naming names and I'm not even naming the company. It's being said because I wanted to I wanted to share this difficult thing I've been going through because the day immediately after this, I felt like I'd been punched in the gut. I went down to the gym to try to work out, and I couldn't. I basically just sat there and looked at the ground. I tried to drive home, but I couldn't. I was too depressed. I didn't feel safe driving. I felt, I felt beaten down. And that's been how I felt essentially every time I've come out of a meeting with my manager. And then that night, it only got worse. And my anxiety was building. I didn't want to come into work. And in fact, I called in sick. But even taking that day off to try to reset, by the end of that day, my anxiety was building to the extent where I didn't want to come into work. I fought through it, and I came into work the day after. But while I was at work, I was like, every time I'd have to just go to the bathroom, I'd be looking around the corner, is she there? You know, I, it was extremely uncomfortable. Luckily, my girlfriend, who uh, she and I just had a lovely Valentine's, which is uh, sort of a not important note, uh, she was extremely supportive and encouraging. And like I said, the things that I, I read and heard were the right words at the right time. To help me realize that doing the right thing isn't easy. Doing the right thing is hard. And that's almost sometimes how you can define the fact that it's a worthwhile thing. And in fact, you, I, I took this farther so to... I took this farther to realize that in my physical development I can do this too I can push myself to work harder and push myself to being uncomfortable and I think it was that same speech Jordan Peterson was talking about where he said you know if you're not getting the results you want work 10% harder see what happens that's what I've been doing. I've I've decided to, with my cardio, to try to burn 10% more calories in the in, in the set amount of time that I'm doing it. It's it's a big thing to me because I I think integrity and courage, which go hand in hand 
are so vital to creating a meaningful life when it's so easy to just roll over To be honest, that's a, one of my fears that the office is going to realize that that because we're fighting, we're and we're not even fighting. We're, but it feels like it now, I guess, because we've got this opposition that's so forceful and so determined to have a win that they would rather not rock the boat. And it's a fair concern because our superiors do, in a sense, hold our careers in their hands. And it's an uncomfortable thing, and it's a scary thing in a way. We're in the fortunate position of having a union to support us. But I did want to express that, that that I think it's important to step back when we feel this way and ask, you know, sometimes we feel bad because we are in the wrong. But as it turns out, sometimes we just feel bad because because doing worthwhile things are often very difficult and pushes us outside of our realm of comfort. So I'll leave that with you um, for what it's worth. Hopefully there's a bit of value in there. And I do have some other ideas coming up and I'll see you next time.